Joining us today is Dan Kemper. He is our master trainer here at Rodale Institute. It's always, you know, the funny joke people say, those that can't do teach, uh, that's not really the applies here with Dan. He's had a number of different roles here at Rodale Institute. Dan, can you tell us how you got to where you are now as master trainer at Rodale? Yeah, so my name's Dan. I'm the master trainer here. I've been at Rodale. This is my ninth season. I've been farming since 2011 uh, with John and Amy Good on the same property that I'm working on now when they lease land. So I got into where I'm at now because, uh, you know, for a better portion of my time in college and high school, I was always tutoring and mentoring. I really enjoyed teaching people things and helping them uh, get to know the material. I was good at studying and I got good grades and stuff. So it was natural to kind of find myself when I did get to Rodale, taking the interns that were there under my wing and trying to teach them while we also uh, worked very, very intensely. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the RIFT program used to be a different program that was kind of more geared towards food access. Uh, the farmer training side of that was a very small portion, but it was certainly the one that I really loved doing. And so since that program, it's been every year a little bit more farmer training than food access. Uh, not that we don't work on food access, but just the, the aspect of my work. Well, little by little each year, uh, I was able to get it more towards our farmer training until it became RIFT, yeah. Rodale Institute Farmer Training. And now I get to do uh, exactly what I love to do. I teach people science, farming, and finances, and I enable them with no experience to become full-fledged uh, LLC-owning farmers. That's, and it's fantastic. It's such an important part of what we do at Rodale Institute is help farmers become organic farmers. And one of the um, benefits of having that program here is we have in Kutztown, our main campus is a 483-acre farming facility. Now, it's not necessarily a production farm like our neighbors. How could you describe the difference between what we do on our property versus what the Burkholders do, what the sure. other neighbors around the Mertztown and all that community do, let alone the factory farms in Iowa. How are we different? Yeah. I, if you were a regular farmer and you came to Rodale without really knowing much of what's going on, it would probably be a good head scratcher. <laughs> like, why is this laid out this way? Right. Um, we do science and education. We do research and we teach people. And that takes a different environment than production. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of scenarios where people can go onto a production farm and learn the trade and learn the skills simply by doing it. That's simply not the approach that we take. So with education, it's all very focused on getting as much information into someone's brain as quickly <laughs> as possible. Uh, so when we lay out our grain fields, I have a limited amount of space. So in one acre, I have seven different types of grain all lined up next to each other. You would probably not do that no. on your farm. <laughs> It'd probably be a few acres of the same thing. Um, the same goes for research. So the research plots have to be randomized replicates for the ability to get uh, objective data off of. Right. So if you were to line up a green bean field, it would not look like randomized plots that were all over the place that mm -hmm. make it very difficult to Look drive a pretty little around. flags that you can figure out. Oh, I love those flags. I call <laughs> those the research roses, the fir <laughs> first to bloom in the season. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very complicated. It's very, very different than a production farm. The byproduct, which is the food that comes out of it, mm -hmm. is either um, sold at our store, donated, sold to maybe a general mill, depending. Some of the stuff that we produce here goes to animal feed, and then some of it goes to human consumption. So all depends on what we're growing. Uh, we have a few different ways of uh, selling that. Uh, we also do all of our events with our own food. So that's right. that's no small drop in the bucket. There's quite a few people that come to our events. Oh, that's a benefit for me. I've definitely benefited from it. 
How would you say, I mean, that is a wide variety of things that happen on our farm property. Yeah, it's, it's very complicated. It, yeah, Right, versus other places which really specialize. How do you balance all of that with, you know, a <laughs> staff that's fairly new to this? So yeah. it's not really, you know, here's what we're going to do and we're going to replicate it over and over and over again until we master it is this week it's this, it's, well, this morning it's this, and then mm -hmm. this other afternoon you go from veggies to grains and like completely different yeah. mindsets? Yeah, so um, when I was farm manager, I was also still running this RIFT program. Um, I didn't have, I was not, we were not in the education department at the time, mm -hmm. so it was really just me running all of the interns. Uh, we had separate employees for farm ops, so it was yeah. really intense uh, compartmentalization mm -hmm. and then keeping a really good bird's eye view on everything. Right. Um, I definitely got made fun of a lot because <laughs> I would drive around and just check on people constantly, but that was the job. Like mm -hmm. if I found myself actually like hand weeding or picking fruit, I was like, oh gosh, I'm forgetting something. There's probably something else going right. on. And I was always right. <laughs> I was yeah. always forgetting something. <laughs> That's a good like mental cue. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, wait a second. You know what you're doing going into the season, especially after a few years, you know when the crops are coming in, you know when the frost is going, when it's leaving, when you're going to have the dry spells, when you're going to have the monsoons that we <laughs> have here sometimes. Um, but it's, it's, it's going in with enough experience and then staying very dynamic because things go wrong, things break down, um, things go missing sometimes. So it's, it's the ability to compartmentalize and stay extremely dynamic with mm -hmm. that bird's eye overview because it's, it's, it's just so many moving parts with all of the research that's going on, all the education and uh, tours and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, as farm manager, you have to organize those things too, right. uh, the carts and stuff, yeah. yeah. So you have a biology background. How has that helped with knowing what we're doing here as far as the research side goes and also with helping the students realize what's happening every, you know, along the process of the growing season? Yeah, it was it was paramount. It was absolutely vital to come in with that amount of information because uh, coming in as just kind of a field technician, um, talking to PhD researchers, mm -hmm. you know, they might not know you that well. And then when you start, you know, talking with them during meetings, you know, they start to kind of get the idea that you know what you're talking about. And so coming to Rodale with that, uh, I certainly wouldn't have been in the same spot I'm at now without that background and without that awesome education from Kutztown University. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the education-wise, uh, you know, I'm teaching the exact thing that my teachers taught me. Mm -hmm. And so I get, I'm using the textbooks that I got that they recommended. Mm -hmm. I'm making my own presentations, uh, really hoping to do a much closer partnership with the uh, professors that gave me this awesome information and also pass that on to my generation, the next generation, get them not just into farming and picking fruit, but understanding photosynthesis, understanding cellular respiration and cell division, all these things, uh, evolution. Uh, we go over so much because it's not necessarily specific to growing carrots necessarily, mm. but it's something that anyone that leaves our program has to have. Uh, we want people graduating from this with not just getting through it by doing the bare minimum, we want them to learn. We, they're their ambassadors that leave our program, sure. so they have to have that background. I have to have that background mm -hmm. if they have to, if they're going to have that background. So, yep. yeah, again, paramount and crucial, and um, I'm very grateful for. And that makes total sense. So much of what organic farming is is farming with biology as opposed to farming with chemistry. Yeah. So it's fantastic that you're either instilling that or picking it up along the way or reminding or somehow working that into the regular, you know, what is happening with photosynthesis, what's how it's going to the soil, how that's actually regenerating things in there. Oh, yeah. That makes you know, fantastic sense. 
So how did you end up in the organic side of the farming industry? Or how did you kind of take that path while you came to Rodale, which was an organic farm? Surprise. And hey, and now I see a light. Or is it something that was always important to you? Well, it, it found me because it kind of took me down that path. Um, I had the things that I liked uh, that took me there, kind of like the healthy food and the studying of plants. But um, to go specifically into organic farming was because um, my advisor, uh, Carol Mapes at Kutztown, mm -hmm. was a CSA member for the Good Farm. Oh, oh they were Quiet Creek, uh, but John and Amy Good. So she got me in with them, and that was organic. Mm -hmm. And I liked eating organic food already. I was always looking for that USDA sticker to make sure that I knew what I was getting. Um, so it really, again, just kind of all came together for me in uh, kind of serendipitous circumstances. Yep. <laughs> that was fantastic. Now, at Rodale Institute, we also do grow some things conventionally as part of our research projects. That's correct. How do you balance that or how do you see things, you know, do you work with that part of it at all? And then sure. what do you see as you're doing different sort of farming systems? Yeah. So we had a really long talk about our conventional systems. So FST, the farming systems trial has been here for 40 years or more. I forget how many it is this year. Um, but the all the food from there or all of the crop from there is all conventional certified it's, it's none of it's certified organic right. because they're a little bit too close so while we're able to maintain the data the usda standard for a buffer space between conventional and organic is 30 feet mm -hmm. and fst was not set up that way or it was already set up before the standard came out so at that point everything there even though it is organic blocks would not be legally certified organic right so in VST, the vegetable systems trial, that's all human food, lettuce, uh, potatoes, and sweet corn and stuff like that. So the conversation became a little bit more crucial of what do we do with this? For the animal feed, we sell it to a general conventional mill. Mm -hmm. So they're using it for conventional feed. Um, that seemed like a little bit more of a drop in the bucket than actually giving people food that was conventional. So we had a long talk and we decided that it's more important to keep food in the world and give it out to people than it is to send into the compost. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, that was not in like we had a lot of discussion about that. Sure. That was not an easy uh, decision to make, and you know, not everybody would agree with that. But mm -hmm. we decided that's best for the world. Uh, we donated or we sent it to the auction. So you know, the auction is not going to be a ton of money, but it's really just a place where we can send a large bulk at a time. Some uh, food places or donation spots can't take a truckload of squash. Right. So yeah, well, that would be overwhelming. If we want to move it and we want to keep it from going bad and just sitting around or going to compost, mm -hmm. then the auction is a great spot to move a lot of weight in one time. And it is interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. FST farming system trial acres are pretty well removed from our the rest of the farming that they're we have on the here. the very edge of it yeah, and with then the tree buffer and yeah all that. and vst i was going to say um a little bit closer but the way that vst was laid out was after um this rule came out about 30 feet or 35 I, I, I can't remember which one it is but we laid it out to meet the usda standards so the organic plots of organic food for people to eat are still certified organic. Okay. They're in random replica replication with the other ones, but they are far enough to avoid drift. They meet all the legal standards, and so we're able to keep certain things in our research certified organic. How are you seeing what's different with a conventional plot versus an organic plot versus an organic with manure compost plot versus an organic no-till versus a conventional no-till? Are you seeing things on the ground as they're doing research? The research takes 
years and years and years. We have to replicate right. things. We have to make sure that it wasn't based off of a weather pattern. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much that has to go to into it before it can be declared scientifically sound research. Mm-hmm. But as you're actually there every day going through the fields, what are you seeing as things grow? So it's difficult because of how it's set up. So FST is, I think, 32 or 32 blocks, I think. And yeah. each of those has like three or four reps inside of it. Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, it looks like a, like a, like pixels almost. It's just like little random spots, corn, soy, uh, hay, wheat, oats, vetch, all these different things going on. So, you know, for me, I'm looking at a map in my hands. I'm like, all right, I got to hit these plots with this. Um, other than that, we see on the, on the ground when we're driving the combine through a conventional plot, they will actually have small trees in them sometimes. Hmm. There are um, herbicide-resistant weeds that come up. So right. that's kind of like a little microcosm of what we see in the rest of the country and the world about plants developing resistance to herbicides. So that's no joke. We didn't see it. It was in a wheat field, I think, and we didn't see it last minute. And it hit the combine and pushed the blade back into the combine. So oh, then geez. I was there with our farm director until I think seven or eight trying to, with pry bars, yank this blade back out. Uh, so that that certainly was not efficient. No, you shouldn't be doing that with trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be showing up in your wheat fields. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we do different things with cover crops. We actually use um, tillage in our convention, uh, not in our organic system because okay. we can't use herbicides to deal with weeds. Mm-hmm. So there are certain times where we use tillage, mm-hmm. uh, but tons of cover crops, different types of no-till roll down. It's it's quite the plethora of techniques all at the same time in right. one spot. So. Um, I would say that from what I know from the researchers is that FST has, you know, the ability to produce uh, the organic side, the manure side uh, during droughts, the organic matter can hold more moisture. And so the crops will do better. And we do see some pretty hard dry spells, Mm -hmm. um, especially when the plants are starting to tassel, which is a really crucial time uh, for rain. The organic matter in the organic systems is able to overcome that where the conventional systems which are essentially just kind of dead dirt that we put um, chemical fertilizers and herbicides into uh, not doing so hot a little bit shorter yeah it's something if people haven't seen the farming system trial on our website in the 40-year report that we put out last year it is pretty striking on how during times of droughts and during times of you know downpours and monsoons what we're calling you know what everyone is realizing it's either climate change or extreme weather events at the very least that the organic system does work much better over the long haul when those things are happening, and they're happening more and more common. Yeah. Shifting gears to the students themselves at the Rodale Institute Farmer Training, we've been saying RIFT. Tell us a little bit more about that program, how it got started. Yeah. Um, so the program started off uh, not really as an educational program. When I when I started, a little bit more fiery, a little bit more go, go, go. Uh, a lot less classroom time, a lot less lectures, a lot less talking, actually, just more uh, yelling, hurry up. <laughs> so my my humble beginning started off with just trying to get a 200-member CSA off the ground and functioning wow. uh, with just me, one other employee, and then a handful of inexperienced interns. <laughs> so it was it was very, very difficult at first. I did like showing them what I was doing in the fields. It was just under extreme pressure, and so it was not a great learning environment. Um, so over the years, we have been able to kind of hone this in a little bit more. We don't do 200 members CSA. We dropped down to 50 and then kind of shifted between like 50 and 70, and then we got rid of it. So we stopped doing the CSA. I would say that the really big changes in the program came with the production, which came with the marketing changes. 
So as the CSA went out and it was just farmer's market, that freed up a ton of time for lectures and a little bit more talking. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Then farmer's markets, we did that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now we are, we're putting that on hold and we're doing just events and donations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that again, changes the flow. Yep. So getting, getting product to a chef way different than a CSA. So now again, with a wholesale kind of a mock wholesale style of production, even more time for discussion and talking like we're going to have work to do, but uh, it's not the same thing as spending a half a day packing out things that go to the farmer's market, setting up there for eight hours and breaking down, coming back. So it's going to be a little bit, even a little bit more focused on the production education side. So now that we have moved to the education department, this is a full-blown university style program. We have lectures in the field. We have lectures in the classroom. I put on lectures. Our PhD researchers will do lectures. We'll have third-party partners come out like KTC mm -hmm. and do some financial courses for our students now. So that, I guess that's one of the biggest changes this year is that um, we are now have students. Mm -hmm. So these are not just working interns. These are now students that are categorized differently. They're going through a different program than what the Rodale interns are going through. Um, and so we've really hit a really good spot. It's not just farming now. It's really this new environment that really makes the information palatable. We do run them pretty hard because you have to go hard in farming, but it's much more focused effort on it now. It's much less uh, desperation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're happy with that. We actually go out to partners in the area. So the students can only experience so much on our property mm -hmm. and there's so many different ways of farming there's really no even defined organic way like just one way like there's standards you have to stay within but if you say how do you farm organically they're going to have 150 different answers right so um what we do on the property are going to be techniques that i've learned over the years with what the campus can handle logistically so we don't do have a dairy we don't mm -hmm. have a very large medicinal herb thing so i send them out to people in the area so mm -hmm. with what they're interested in we visit people like katie did hill we visit farmer john uh red cat true love seeds we go to carversville farm foundation a lot we're very close uh, partnership with them they do great stuff out there and we have kind of the same mindset um, they do a lot of food donations though they focus on that whereas we focus on the actual education but the program is really expanding and mm -hmm. it's really doing well in Pennsylvania. And I'm actually looking forward to moving it out of state and replicating yeah. it in a different state. What are you looking for in those other states? We have regional resource centers that we call them, mm -hmm. RRCs. Uh, we have them in Georgia. Uh, Missouri, we have Missouri. a research area, but it's not a research center as much, but yeah. it's Iowa is where we have. Iowa's uh, the other one. Yep. yep. And then in California, we have one in uh, Italy now. Yep. So what I'm looking to do is we take one footstep forward with the research. We set up our research projects. But again, just the way it happened on the main campus, you know, what are we doing with that research? How do we get it out there? Is there a better way than simply bringing people on the property and just putting the information into their brain mm -hmm. and then sending them off? Because um, it's really what Rodale stands for. You know, mm -hmm. this is a new component within the last 10 years, whereas Rodeo has been around for 75 years. This is a little baby program, even though it's been around about a decade. I really think that the what I, we're looking for is that regional difference in growing style. So yep. if we were to replicate in Georgia, uh, from what I'm told, I haven't grown in Georgia. So one of my shortcomings is that I can't give good information on that. But what I hear is that 
Uh, you know, they take the summer off sometimes. It gets so intensely hot that the annual vegetable production doesn't do so well. For me, mm -hmm. I can't do that. That's my prime time. Right. So flip the script where we have to take winters off up here. Exactly. So not just the regional growing ability, but also some people can't make it out to Pennsylvania. You know, mm -hmm. we try to be as open and inclusive and uh, get as many people here as possible. We pay our students the yep. entire time, even when they're in classes. So 40 hours a week, even though I would say 40% of that time they're on field trips or in, in, in lectures. Okay. So um, yeah, we're looking to get that difference in different growing styles, uh, link the whole network together and then have this big self-feeding farmer training program across the country and then maybe even out of the country. I mean, so much of that kind of completely blows off the question of what could someone expect? Because <laughs> you just covered all, but it, it does vary and change. I love how it started as CSA, then moved into farmers markets. And now is in the service, working with service industry, because there's so many different ways someone can have a business as a farmer and how they want to make that on their own being an independent business owner. Yeah. And we go into a lot of those different things. So even though what they're experiencing physically this year is going to be kind of marketing towards a catering system, what we go over in class and what we go over through the financial lectures really covers everything. So we start off with basic because people come in different levels of experience. So what is a budget? What is profit? Right. How do I get profit? All the way to finishing off with an actual profitable business plan, a full fledged plan that actually accounts for all their productions, their hypothetical farm they have in their mind. We go through all nine months of this program uh, from day one working on this project. Mm -hmm. So every single class goes towards this project. At the very end of it, they're left with everything they need to either open their LLC now mm -hmm. or wait a few years or I guess throw it away if they want to. <laughs> but uh, we get them to that point where they have to make that decision because uh, that's everything you need to know to own a farm, not just to work on a farm. What kind of, what have students done after graduating? So a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big, big variety. Um, I guess it depends on the goal that people have when they're first coming in. Mm -hmm. People definitely change their paths when they're in here, but I would say that, you know, anywhere from owning a farm to uh, nutritional work <laughs> to working at kids camps that are dedicated to like organic food That's and stuff like that consultants huge variety and uh, you know i'll be honest like one of those outcomes is that people quit uh before the program finishes we okay. do have a uh, a natural attrition rate mm -hmm. uh we're we're transparent about that because we think it's really important that people find that out before they start getting into debt and buying land and uh realize that they hate it yeah. <laughs> so you know we don't pull any punches yeah, that's in our not program. a failure that's learning that's a absolutely great thing. absolutely yeah. you know some people they can't take the heartbreak of working uh, their butts off on tomatoes and then a storm comes through and hails and uh, destroys all of it. You know, mm -hmm. that that's heartbreaking stuff. That's mm -hmm. an enormous amount of labor into something that kind of fails. And you can be sh sure that that's going to happen every year. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know that it's going to happen because you're outside. This is not a controlled environment. Exactly. It's not a factory. Is it a wide range of students who apply and oh, then yeah. it gets narrowed down to the kind of students that this, that does work for, mm -hmm. or is it like basically a whole wide variety can actually take this program and go off and do different things. So I would say that um, to to steal kind of a line is that um, anyone can farm. Okay. So it's not that everyone can farm. It's that anyone can be a farmer. That's a good way and to put I it. And I stole that from Ratatouille. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
Most of life lessons probably come from some animated <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they don't get upset about me saying that. <laughs> no, shouldn't get. We won't play the music. We won't but, get sued. But what what I know is that a training program, recruiting for a training program is wildly different from recruiting for a production farm because I am not looking for the best people. So I'm not looking for a handful of all-stars that are going to get me through the season. I'm looking right. for people with the desire to learn more. Mm-hmm. And usually with very little experience, I actually find that the people come in with blank slates are much easier to coach than people that come in and it's like, well, why don't we do it this way? Because like, I said so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not always the answer. I, I, I explain it, but, you know, it's much easier. This is why I said so. Yeah. You know, and we, we go through a very wide variety of techniques. You know, again, you wouldn't do this on a production farm, but I have the interns go out or the students go out and they shuffle hoe a bed. And even though I have a cultivating tractor, they're going to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about, all right, it took six of you this many hours to do that. How many man hours is that when you're on your own? All right, I'm going to hop on this tractor. This took me 15 seconds to cultivate this bed. Right. <laughs> so you compare eight man hours to 15 seconds. Um, that's what we're teasing out to show them. But you would obviously never do that on a regular farm. Right. But that shows them the, you know, why is that tractor important? Like, why should I invest in this piece of equipment? Exactly. Because I'm going to save these eight man hours to do that sort of work. Exactly. And this is why I should put in one to $500,000 for this piece of equipment mm-hmm. and what it takes to get there. That makes yeah. sense. And, and it's it's not um, all pushing towards like tractors and tillage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We kind of cover so many different pieces in our production. We have a, a grain field. We have corn and beans that go to humans. Uh, we have a market garden. We have a high tunnel. We have full tillage, uh, vegetable production with like sweet corn and potatoes and all that. So we really have this big variety for people to come in and whatever it is that they like, uh, usually they can find a piece of that here. Uh, but everything that we teach is so basic and foundational that there's no part of agriculture that you wouldn't need to know certain things about like frost dates and finances. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we get probably close to like 75 to hundred applications every year. Mm-hmm. And it's from people all across the world. Uh, every country is sending in applications. That's amazing. Rodale is apparently in people's textbooks. So yep. when they're in school, they hear about us and we're an easy follow-up because we're easy to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, so we have to f- kind of filter that down to what we have the funding for because we have to pay people. Mm-hmm. So if this was a paid program, then I can take on 30, 40, 50 people at a time. Right. Um, but we have a certain number of people we can take. Mm-hmm. So when I go through the application process, again, this is a training program. They're not supposed to have experience when they come in. So what we look for is really passionate, positive teamwork. Right. We found over the years that the most important thing for our program to run is that people can either get along or they can self-regulate to get through it and eventually come around, hopefully, and see the fun and joy in it. But, you know, if somebody comes in with a poor attitude or if they're, like, unsure of what they want to get out of this place, um, there are so many people that are just overflowing with passion and joy to come mm-hmm. here. And what's unfortunate is that, you know, there's more people with that qualification than I can accept. Right. So it's always very, very difficult um, to the point where it's like, you know, very stressful for me because I, you don't want to say no to someone. These people mm-hmm. are coming to you because they want to learn agriculture. I want to get everybody in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the selection process is is difficult one yeah. and we can't take everyone. So yeah. we're, we're really looking for positive people that want to learn and, and own a business. So I guess that's the one thing is that people have to come in here and have good use for what we're doing. A third of our program is finances. If you don't plan on owning a business or caring about that side of it, I'm also not going to bring you in because there's other people that will find a really good use for that. Right. And that would be 
not so much a waste of time, but it's going to be like not what they were looking for, not the kind of farming they want to do. They won't pay attention, essentially. (laughs) If it's not something that they're passionate about, they'll end up doing something on the computer on the side and then it's kind of wasted time. And at least for that class, technically, it'd be like a wasted spot. So while we wish we could get everyone into Rift, the Rodeo Institute Farmer Training, we realize that's impossible. It's just not, you know, wouldn't be right to the students, wouldn't be right to you and the trainer and the staff, and we couldn't fit everyone on the farm. But one thing we're going to do in this year is launch Rifto, which mm-hmm. is Rift Online. Can you talk a little bit about what someone could expect if they want to learn about organic farming, regenerative sure. farming from the comfort of their own home or farm? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would be in that? You know, we're still building it now, but what the plan is to have that um, available to anyone to, to purchase to online to learn how to do all this. I've been shooting the videos, so I've been having a great time for the last year and going into this year now. Um, Yeah, Rifto is going to be kind of an online class for organic agriculture. So we cover the the ideas that take somebody, again, uh, A to B, someone with very little experience, maybe someone who is working on a farm and owns land, but not necessarily, Mm -hmm. um, all the way to the point where they kind of have a really good understanding of everything they need to own and operate that farm organically. so like you said, we're still building it out. Mm-hmm. So it takes a very long time. Um, if you can imagine all of the wrenches that go into gears with farming in general, with uh, equipment and weather and time, you add like a photography videography component to that. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's stiflingly uh, <laughs> full of hurdles. <laughs> yes. So that's been a learning experience for me. Uh, we're really hitting the ground running this year. But what people can expect is uh, me and other Rodale employees Uh, walking you through the system, Mm -hmm. kind of walking you through general guidelines of organics, uh, production standards. We did the vegetable module, the cover crop module, and the tractor module last year. So we're looking forward to those coming out. That's going to give you just about everything you need to know about veggies and tractors and cover crops. So we are going to have all these different components coming out over the next year or maybe Mm -hmm. a few years, um, all the way to the point where people are going to even financially understand what they're getting themselves into without coming here and talking to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our evergreen content is supposed, should be kind of rich enough to get people through that process. Mm -hmm. And then of course, if not, we have an awesome consultation team that does awesome work and can help with just about any question. Yep. Uh, that a farmer would have about their farm or their market or anything. <laughs> yeah. Having seen rough cuts, um, it's really impressive that, you know, it's clearly not being there, but is being there from the comfort of your home when it's 85 degrees and we can tell <laughs> that you're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's also great how you're build. you guys are building in how it's going to grow. You know, it's going, it's not like, here's a course. Thank you very much. Goodbye. It's like more modules can be added. More things will change as science gets, Yeah, more science comes out than, Things will be added to soil health and things like that. Exactly. You know, it can add a CSA module. It can add a mm-hmm. um, hospitality, like how to work in those kind of businesses. There's a lot that can happen with it. And so it's going to continue to grow and grow, just yeah. like the Rift program is going to grow. And the, way that, and the way that we formatted it is, like I said, you know, the differences in regionality where it's like Georgia or down south, they might take certain times off. The information that we're giving isn't really information that could be regionalized. This is like, how do you plant? When do you water? How do you water? Mm-hmm. Um, different types of tillage, different types of no-till. There are kind of like basic techniques and like a good amount of them. So depending on your area and your equipment and what you have at your disposal, uh, you should be able to do most of what we're talking about. And again, 
people who want to get a greenhouse, they don't know the components necessarily. So mm -hmm. we're starting our controlled environmental growing module. And so just last week, I did some shoots at our farm. I went over to John and Amy Good's farm. We kind of get around wherever we need to to do those shoots. And mm -hmm. now we have the making of a module with every component of a greenhouse in multiple greenhouses, uh, different styles for people to see. So it's really foundational information that should be all-encompassing for people mm -hmm. in any scenario to still use. That's fantastic. The highlight of this program in general are the light bulb moments oh. that you see someone going through. Mm -hmm. It is like a different look on their face. Uh, their eyes get wide. They, they go, huh. Like right. those moments are the absolute highlights of my entire career because that is the transfer of knowledge from one person to the other. That's when it happens. That's what it looks like. Um, that's what's holy to me. That's the thing that I'm going to do with my life and career. So those are the best moments of my day is when somebody understands something and like, thank you for providing those because that's why we're all here to have that for everyone. And why organic is like that light bulb, like why it makes sense for them. I would say one of the funniest moments was, uh, we set up irrigation and we have really big, uh, high pressure sprinklers. Mm -hmm. And one of the, uh, interns at the time didn't lock in one of the legs and we turned it on and we went and did our thing and came back and the one had fallen over and drilled like a two or three foot deep hole in the ground. Nice. So we went like down to like the gravel and bedrock. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. I, we'll try that again this tomorrow. This is what water can do. <laughs> All right, everyone gather around. This is what we don't do. Yeah. <laughs> anything you'd like to, anything we didn't cover? Anything we should cover? The specifics of the program, I don't know how we do things. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to like how would it be different? break that down a little bit more. So okay. we, so it's a nine month program. It's broken into four quarters. We have uh, homework and lectures and tests every quarter. So after, at the end of each quarter, the lectures of that quarter are given in a test. Uh, it is difficult. Okay. Um, I've seen them cramming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's intense, but um, it's everything that they need to know. So it's important that they learn that. Um, so we have it broken into four different quarters. They each kind of have their own identity. So it goes through the farming season, and it also goes along with the intern or students' um, experience. So they get here, they're brand new, and we're just starting the season. So all of the first quarter is intro work, intro to botany, intro to physiology. Uh, in previous years, we've had livestock. So there's been like intro to livestock work. Uh, we do conversion ratios. We talk mm -hmm. about math and yeah, all the oh. stuff that everyone loves to do in farming. <laughs> um, but then um, they're given a test on it. The second quarter is all about finances, soil health, and marketing. Gotcha. So it goes right into that because that's when we start harvesting. So now it's kind of getting to a play where we did all the work and now we're kind of taking product out of the field. Product mm -hmm. means money. So this is all very important. We're tying together soil health, finance. That math everyone likes to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Everyone wants to learn about photosynthesis until you see the diagram of photosynthesis. <laughs> right. And then it's not fun anymore. No one wants to talk about math until they see the dollars and cents and then they get <laughs> that, addition matters. and multiplication matters. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the second uh, quarter, then a test. The third quarter is when the uh, students and interns are now very experienced and they have a very good understanding of foundational science and farming. So the third quarter is when we bring all the researchers in. So all of our PhD researchers that work on our different plots, they come and they give an entire semester or entire um, quarter worth of lectures. So that's kind of like the fun part because you're kind of now into the, the belly of the beast at Rodale. You're understanding the, the granular side and, and the nitty gritty of how these things come together and connect. And you really see the complexity of it 
Um, and if we were to do that in the first quarter, it'd be throwing fastballs at someone with no mitt. <laughs> right. So um, we save it for the end. And then the finals, the final quarter is completely dedicated to owning businesses. So we did finances along the way. Mm-hmm. We do another finance round, but then we also talk to uh, loan officers and uh, lawyers, contract workers, people, everything that someone's going to need to talk to mm-hmm. to open an LLC or sole proprietorship. We, we push the LLC a little bit more than a sole proprietorship, but um, everything that they need to leave Rodale after they graduate and open a business. And not everybody does that, but they keep that information with them and it won't be, won't be long until they do. Right. So that's the overview of how it, the year or the nine months is broken down. Then we stick to that because we keep a very well-regimented week. So students, and students will come in 8 a.m. and we do a four-hour lecture in the field. So we're walking around to the different growing areas. We're talking about it critically, answering questions, also making a task list for the week because mm-hmm. this is a working scenario. We have to create the, we're, we're creating the classroom as we learn from it. Gotcha. So, so Mondays, Monday morning, you know, nobody likes Mondays. So let's take a nice walk around and talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, they go to lunch for an hour, they come back and then it's a classroom lecture. So Monday is all lecture um, and making a task list. Tuesday, all work. So from eight to five or seven to four, whatever we're coming in, uh, just working the fields, knocking things off that task list. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is split. So we work in the morning and do a little bit of harvesting usually. And then we actually usually go to field trips in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. it could be a lecture or a field trip, but the field trips or the farm visits are going to be either friends I have in the area with different types of production, um, partners of Rodale, uh, just about any, any different type of agriculture related thing we try to encompass. And then we just categorize that by the different quarters, depending on what we're doing in that quarter. So uh, a lot of kind of intro stuff, really easy, palatable stuff up front. Um, but then, you know, later on into like visiting the research centers at like Stroud or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Wednesdays split, Thursdays work all day, and then Friday's another split. So they're working about 40%, uh, they're, they're in class or lecture or field trip about 40% of the time and working about 60% of the time. And uh, you sit back and look at that and he's like, wow, that's awesome. There's, you don't have to work that much, but it's like, no, we still have 40 hours of labor to accomplish in that time. So when we're finished with class or we're finished with field trips and we check back in, it's go, 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 go. We have mm-hmm. to get this work done still. And we don't have that much time because the lecture is coming up this afternoon and we have all the stuff to do. So um, while it, it sounds like a relaxed environment, it, I wouldn't say relaxed. It's just a focused and honed educational environment. Focused is, I think, the best word for it. Yeah, I wouldn't say any time I've seen anyone around that they're relaxed in the situation. <laughs> you let me know if they look that <laughs> People listening who are heard like, well, anyone can be a farmer. And now the light bulb's gone off and say, well, I want to be a farmer. How would they get more information? How would they learn how to become part of this program? Yeah, so uh, it's on our website. So the I think the education tab and to RIFT or Rodale Institute Farmer Training, they can click on that. Um, the application process right now is closed. We open September of 2023 to accept applications for the 2024 season. Uh-huh. And that feels really weird talking about right now. <laughs> we just turned <laughs> to 20. annual, right. Oh boy, it's, it's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so that's what, if, if they want to apply, they can go there. They can read more on our website about it. If they're, if the listeners are veterans or if someone is gone through the military, we actually have a separate kind of recruiting and management program for them where we kind of get them in a little bit earlier and they can kind of have a more customized um, experience, maybe a shorter season. Okay. So whereas I personally only hire RIFT students, 
for the full nine months. I won't do a short season. Uh, my colleague, Justin Barclay, who manages the veteran farmer training program, uh, will customize that and allow them to come for four months, two months, six months uh, to make it easier. A lot of people are coming back from active duty, mm -hmm. trying to jump into this career. They don't really have nine months to give. That's great. That's fine. Yep. We want to be there for them and help them to get to this career anyway. Check in, if, if anyone is interested, check into those two programs. They're mm -hmm. both in the same educational experience. So the veterans and the non-veterans are not receiving anything different other than kind of the recruiting process and the customized length of the program. Perfect. Well, Dan, thank you very much. I think um, certainly set up a light bulb here in the studio, <laughs> um, and hopefully a lot more listening as well. Yeah. So thanks. And I know that we're recording this in February of 2023, which means, well, the very end of it, which means next week, the 2023 class starts showing up. Is that true? Yeah, excited, but I have a lot of anxiety. But, you know, it's always like that. I'm very, very excited to have the students come here. We have everyone selected. We're all ready to go, and they're going to be moving in this Friday, actually. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we'll uh, catch up maybe during the season or definitely afterwards and see how it went. Yeah, love hanging out anytime. Thank you.